Welcome to the Wonder Women podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I am your host. Every week I bring you two interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. This week's Friday guest is Consuelo of the Latinas Welding Guild. Um, Consuelo has such an, such an amazing story and just like I can't even I'm not even try to describe because I won't do her story or the amount of spirit she has justice so I'm gonna let you discover that in the interview but before we hop into that with Consuelo I want to give a big shout out and thank you to the patrons over on Patreon so thank you so much Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B., Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou, Amy, Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly, Reclaim Living Store, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, helping to produce two episodes a week, every week. And with no further ado, here is Consuelo of the Latinas Welding Guild. Okay. Well, I always uh, start my episodes by having my guests introduce themselves. So when you're ready to go, I'll let you do that. Okay. Um, so my name is Consuelo Poland Lockhart. Um, I am the executive director of the Latinas Welding Guild. Currently, I'm also um, a welding educator at a local high school here in Indianapolis. Okay, awesome. So tell me, tell me your story. Start kind of at the beginning, you know, as a kid. Uh, how'd you, how'd you work from there to where you're at now? Um, so I was, uh, born in Guatemala. I was adopted when I was three. Um, I came to the United States and lived in Cincinnati, Ohio for a couple years with my, uh, adopted parents. Then we ended up moving up to Northern Michigan. So Traverse City, Michigan, um, grew up there. Um, and I've always, uh, used art as a way to communicate, uh, because when I came to the States, I didn't know any English. And um, it's just always been a great way for me to express myself. Um, and so um, basically throughout school growing up, I always was in any sort of art class I could get into um, junior high and high school. I was, um, you know, always busy trying to figure out how I can get less academic classes and more art classes. <laughs> so, you know, I was really fortunate because I was able to get um, through a lot of the required uh, credits through junior high. And I was, uh, when I started high school, I ended up being able to opt out a lot of um, required classes because I was doing dual credit. So I could go to the college half the day and then come back. And basically my senior year, I'm pretty sure I wasn't at, at high school um, very much. And so um, I was ready for college. And so um, I really wanted to go to art school. So I'm like, you know, I don't, I, I had this dream of being an illustrator. Um, but then I was like, well, maybe I think I like industrial design. So I was really excited about industrial design, got to college um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, changed my major to uh, functional art, which was more conceptual. And, um, you know, I could have more design freedom versus, mm -hmm. you know, industrial design. So started that program. And when I was doing that, I ended up um, taking on my first metal project. 
so previous to that, I had always been doing woodworking and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so time consuming. But also I think the fact that my designs had so many unique angles, it made it even harder for me to try to set up and figure out, okay, well, what, what angle am I cutting on this table? So, oh man, I messed it up. Now I got to do it again. <laughs> so super frustrating. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, when this project came up, um, we were supposed to use material we've never used, and that was steel for me. And I never even considered uh, welding or or metalwork really as a you know potential uh, pathway for myself. And so when I did that project, I was like, man, this is way more forgiving. I can just slap some steel together, and there, my project's done. I don't have to worry about all these angles. And if I do, I can just lightly grind them off, and now I have that degree I'm looking for. So. Um, it opened a lot of doors for me, but I, I still, even after that project, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. So um, uh, after college, uh, you know, I was like, well, what am I going to do with this art degree? I ended up um, applying for some additional training or um, skill building at a community college back in Grand Rapids for welding and fabricating. So I'm like, I have no idea where this will take me, but I ended up taking the the program and it was an 18 week job training program. So I think the thought was people go through it, then they go and get placed in a job or mm -hmm. they find their own employment. Um, <clears throat> but I, when I was there, um, the college ended up sponsoring me for an art project. <laughs> so I was kind of like, um, okay, I guess I'll see what I'm gonna do. Um, and then I ended up making this huge arbor. Um, so they, supported me. And then I ended up getting hired into a manufacturing company um, before I was even done with the program. And uh, so then that company also agreed to sponsor that project. So ba basically based on those um, interactions with people where, you know, they were willing to help support me, even though they didn't really know me. Um, and so I was like, you know, there's, there's all these opportunities and there's all these men and I'm the only woman in my class. Like there's gotta be a reason why more women aren't joining, but based on personal experience of having to deal with a bunch of guys in my class, um, and then getting into a manufacturing company, just the interactions with men, there, supervisors, I'm just like, okay, well, I know why they don't. Um, but I still had this, this need to try to fulfill that creative, uh, uh, I guess, urge inside of me. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to figure out how I can do my own art projects outside of work and all of that. Um, and then that journey also opened up a bunch of doors and interactions with a bunch of men where I was just like, oh my gosh, there's got to be some group or network or some way to get more women involved is because the way that this is going, it's like, I, I don't blame women for giving up. I honestly don't. Um, so yeah, so that, uh, so I had the kind of the epiphany of like wanting to open up an all women's welding school in Guatemala. And I'm like, you know, I have no idea how to do that internationally, but maybe there's a way to do it here and then maybe have a school that opens up like a sister school that opens up there and trying to do all these different things. And um, I was just like, yeah, I should probably just start small here. And um, a couple years passed. Uh, so I graduated from that um, welding program spring of 2013. So fast forward to October 2017. At the time, I had been uh, managing a makerspace here in Indianapolis mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, at that time I was like, well, I guess I, I should probably try to start doing some sort of welding program, get, get a name on it. Uh, so, you know, whatever I was doing in the makerspace didn't get absorbed by the makerspace mm -hmm. and, uh, launched the nonprofit and had five of my girlfriends pilot the first class. And it's basically been, I've been hustling since then, um, and along the way, I've been given the opportunity to teach at a local college here, Ivy Tech, as a welding instructor. Um, after that, now currently I'm teaching at a high school. So it's completely two different environments from each other, but also way different from the women's environment too. So mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely been an interesting journey how I've ended up here. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I want to ask a little bit. So when you said like, you at first you were like, um, you know, open a school in in Guatemala. So does that do you still have connection there, um, in Guatemala? 
Yeah. So especially as of lately, um, which has been sad because Guatemala, well, already Guatemala has been a third world country, very poor, the government's corrupt. Um, so there's really no opportunities for, um, for people there, especially women. Um, and so I guess I forgot to mention this before, but like, so when I was in high school, when I was 17, I was able to go back to Guatemala and I I actually reconnected with my biological family down there Mm -hmm. and that experience, seeing how they were living. Um, I mean, it's a shack. Um, it's kind of what you imagine when you hear third world country, a shack, dirt floors, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, branches for roofs and, and mud walls and stuff like that. Um, they lived in the middle in this like rural area way out, um, a couple hours from the the capital and seeing seeing my my uh, mom my grandmas both of them surprisingly um my siblings my nieces nephews aunts uncles and just just even other people in the country how there, there really isn't anything like an industry that guatemala is really like mm-hmm. strongly known for other than like coffee and stuff like that. Right. right. Agriculture type stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and, you know, just even there's, there's not like a manufacturing industry there either. Yeah. And so my thought with the school was like, okay, well, if I start a school or some sort of initiative, which I think more so now, I really want to try to get that off uh, the ground. But um, the fact that the the country's not known for any sort of industry, no one's like, oh my gosh, Guatemala is the first thing that comes to mind when I need welding things or whatever right right and so it's like well that maybe a school will help change the historic uh gender roles the the expectations um or it could just create a a really bad situation for people who decide to try to do it Mm -hmm. just because of the government not being supportive and all of that and so, um, so that's, I think is really where I was trying to go with the women's school. Like, I mean, yes, it's welding, but it's also like, how can we change the economy? How can we put Guatemala back on the, on the map? And so people do think about Guatemala more than just coffee beans or handwoven textiles or whatever the, you know, mm-hmm. initial, uh, thought is. Um, but you know, I, so <laughs> that idea was, uh, had many different layers of, of things it was uh, supposed to do. But right now, currently, they were hit with a couple hurricanes, one after the other. So a lot of people um, are fleeing the country. So it's kind of like, man, Guatemala is just going to become desolate. And there's going to be even there's not even opportunities there to begin with, but there's going to be even less at this right. point. Right. <clears throat> so. Uh, you mentioned about the like the gender roles. Um, I I don't believe it's going too far out on a limb to say that gender roles are pretty uh, like heteronormative in Guatemala. Uh, saying like the women take care of the children and the household, um, and uh, men work. Is that a correct <laughs> correct statement? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting it right on the head. Hey, makers. I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode's sponsor, Athena Outfitters. So when I'm in the market for a new pair of work boots, I do a ton of research, make sure I'm getting something that's going to fit right and going to last. Well, Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women that has a tons of experience with footwear. They've taken the time to select the very best shoes and boots made by each of the most reliable footwear brands. And when I shop at Athena Outfitters site, it saves me time and energy because I trust that they found the best shoes for every job and activity. Plus bonus, you can shop online. So next time you need new work boots or some other type of high performance shoe, check out athenaoutfitters.com, gear with grit. And Athena is A-T-H-E-N-A and then outfitters.com. 
You can also get a special discount at checkout by using the coupon code MM, that's capital M, capital M15 for 15% off any purchase just because you're a listener of the podcast. All right, let's hop back into the episode. Um, but, you know, it's it's like that in uh, uh, all pretty much all Latin countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think with like, you know, the fact that I think there's more more progress being made, I think uh, men are sort of slowly starting to take a step back and being like, okay, it's okay. Um, but it, even with my, within my family, um, because I've recently been connected to some of my family members and just even like, because my sister-in-laws, uh, and other women are cooking, you know, some of my brothers have been like, don't you want to go in the kitchen and cook? And I'm like, no, I'm going to miss out on whatever you guys are doing. <laughs> but you know, it's like seeing, seeing uh my mom uh how she struggled i mean i was given up for adoption because at the time guatemala was going through a civil war i think they might have just ended about that time and the country was just in really bad shape but um i was seventh child out of eight and so at the time um my mom really struggled with just finally um making the final decision to put me up for adoption Uh, My younger brother uh, died after I had left from dysentery. And so it was probably only a matter of time before I um, fortunately would have probably gotten that. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's like, you know, seeing how the hard decision my mom made and then seeing like the fact that like my sisters never had an opportunity. So it's like, as soon as they were ovulating, that was basically it. Like there was no choices, um, you know, and Unfortunately, that's just kind of where we're still at. Women right. take care of the kids. Um, and sometimes, you know, I kind of feel like there's still a little bit of that happening, even with some of the women that are joining the program, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, so you have a husband or you have a partner at home, but you're still like this, you're still responsible for childcare. And mm-hmm. if, if you can't watch the kids, you have to find a babysitter, even though someone's at home, that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me, but whatever. And, but I think like the more women that are uh, coming through the program, um, they're understanding, oh, I, you know, I can actually have my own career. I'm able to do this thing that a lot of other men, especially Latino men, like, um, you know, that their dads had done it, their brothers, their uncles, all these men in their family have done it. And then when they've shown interest, they've been shut down. But now it's at the point where I think, you know, we're finally at that time where people are starting to like open their eyes and they're like, okay, I think it's okay for more Latinas to get into Mm -hmm. the industry. And so it's not going to put them out of work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But I I just, I don't, I mean, I guess really what I just want to say is like, damn girl, like you are taking on a lot. (laughs) You are taking on a lot. Um, Besides just, I mean, in general, Latina or non-Latina women in the welding industry is very little. And so on top of that, you're layering specifically kind of targeting this, you know, uh, Latinas and like the additional pressure of still like, even if they've been in this like their family has been in the States for a while. It mm-hmm. is still like an entire culture shift. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's a lot uh, to put all onto yourself. Um, yeah. What's um, that feeling like? What's, where are you at with that? Um, um, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it, I guess it doesn't really feel any different. I mean, th- there's, yeah, because it depends on what group I'm working, I'm trying to help. I mean, overall, I'm just trying to help all women who are trying right. to break into the industry. Um, but, you know, I, I'm trying to break it down even further um, because, you know, I think our program is um, competitive uh, in a couple different ways. So, like, for the vocational colleges around here, 
um, or just even other groups that are putting together welding programs. Um, it feels like it's more about funding versus like impact. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yes, you know, you have students that sign up for college, they go through the welding program, they go off and get a job, but it's like, you know, what's, what's the follow up? What's what like are are there actual personal connections being made with those individuals that are going through? And so like for our program, it's like, yes, you know, we are focused on income based um, scholarships or class fees to help those women get through because, you know, um, if they're trying to go and pay for college and they're, you know, a single mom, like how <laughs> how do you do that? Uh, and, and, you know, trying to fill fill out like financial aid, that's even more of a barrier and stressful, like depending on, you know, either their English speaking ability or not. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they don't qualify for it, then, you know, they're not going to do it. Like, right. um, and so, uh, but just even the learning environment, like, you know, it's like as a woman going into uh, school, it kind of feels like you're sexualized even when you think you're not, but you, mm -hmm. you are. Um, like when I was going through class, I had, uh, all the guys in my class, like, obviously I was the only girl. So they already knew that I'm you know, like, Oh, there's, there's, she's right there. Like, um, but they would always go out of their way to come and like, kind of spy on what I was doing. Like it's trying to see, Oh, well, can she do it? I don't think she can like, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then it's like the whole, like, Oh, I'm going to talk to her, like try to try to date her whatever mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah I'm not I don't really care mm -hmm. uh you guys are all falling behind and I'm like okay so I, because we could go at our own pace so the more you or the the further you get ahead the further you can get into projects and, and get mm -hmm. done and so I I finished early um because like all the other guys were just like goofing off and like not taking it seriously and they're too worried about what I was doing what versus what they're doing and I'm like yeah like, I, but I had to prove to myself that I was like, because when I first started, I was like, this is so intimidating. Like, it seems like guys have such an easier uh, uh, way of like learning these technical skills, where it's like, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to figure out what that line that paragraph just said about welding. <laughs> I don't know what it was. So I'm like, I can't give up or like, have these other, uh, maybe, um, previous thoughts or, or assumptions that I had uh, getting in the way and preventing me from finishing this. I have to prove to myself that I, yes, I can do it. And, you know, they didn't like, so mm -hmm. um, that was kind of a struggle, but um, just even in my journey, trying to figure out, you know, like, well, if I do do this on the, my own, where do I go get steel? Who are the people I should be talking to and who are going to help me along the way? And it was like, you know, I had a lot of guys um, just, be completely shitty to me because I was asking questions. Mm -hmm. Like it's annoying to have a woman come into my shop and ask me all these questions. She should be like, if she wants to make it in the industry, she should already know. And it's like, what? I don't like, I'm trying to learn, like, what are you to appreciate? Like someone coming in with questions and like genuinely trying to understand what it is that you do and what you don't do. So I'm not like coming to you and like asking for services that you don't offer. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's all that was all like not positively received from them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was doing it on my own. I didn't have any other girlfriends that were doing it. I didn't know any other women who had done it and who could help guide me through it. Mm -hmm. So I had to basically stumble through it. And so I even try to consider that when we do our courses. So it's not just coming into class, you weld, then you go home. It's more like, okay, well, we're going to have a guest speaker uh, coming from the Carpenters Union. They're going to be talking about, uh, you know, what, what does a union outlet potentially look like for you? And, you know, I've tried to connect with other unions and it's like, you know, how much work do I actually want to put in trying to connect with these groups who are you know, supposedly pushing for diversity and trying to get more women and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I've tried to talk to them and they're not interested. I'm like, but I have exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for women. We have women. Guess what? Diversity, like <laughs> everything you need, but they're not biting. So I'm like, whatever. Uh, and so the Carpenters Union here has actually been the, the most friendly and accepting group that um, I've met with. And so I'm like, yes, I, I would love to see women going and joining the Carpenters Union because it's not just steel. 
it, you know, a lot of it is uh, construction hands-on stuff, which mm-hmm. a lot of these women really, really want to learn. Um, so they think it's a really good opportunity, but even going to metal supply shops, um, because yeah, you're gonna have to learn how to order steel and this is right. how you order it. This is the type of material you're going to start like thinking about using, uh, why would I use this versus this? And so I've developed a really good relationship with a family owned metal supply shop down the street. And so they've done private tours. They've printed out, uh, like price sheets and like material sheets. So then some of the women can start thinking about how even some material is measured. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's an interior measure measurement versus exterior on the material. And so all just very basic stuff, but you will not get that type of experience going to Ivy Tech or right. another vocational school. Um, on top of that, you're talking about layers of different um, kind of barriers. Well, it's like, you know, I'm, you know, I've had the labor, uh, labor trafficking group coming in and talking about what are some signs to look for? Um, because unfortunately, the Latino community is hit the worst because, you know, depending on uh, if they're documented or not, like, employers will take advantage of them. And unfortunately, for women going into the welding industry, they already, I, I and I hate to say it, but I feel like they, they have to be vigilant because there might be employers that just pay them the least amount that they have to because, you know, they can blame it on like, oh, well, it's, you know, this is your first job. It's like, okay, there are a lot of guys who start welding and they probably start at a higher rate, even if they have less training, less formal training or anything. But yeah, I wanted to like, ask exactly about that. Like, I mean, I think, I think that's awesome. Basically, you're teaching them how to navigate, like, navigate the male world that they're going to encounter. Uh, yeah. once they leave the program um what's been like I guess like the the feedback from the women who have gone through your program do they do they feel like much more like set up for success because they have some of that additional stuff yeah and <clears throat> so uh over the Last year, year and a half, we've had um, four women get placed in, or five women get placed in jobs. Um, four of them are actually at a structural steel company. And um, so, so when it comes to going out into the workforce, like I, I'm, I try to find employers that, uh, and, and it's kind of like a screening process because, you know, everyone's looking for a welder, but it's like, but I don't know you, I don't know your company. I don't know people on staff. Mm-hmm. Like the last thing I want to do is be like, Hey, there's this company looking for a welder. And then they go to that company and there's no women on staff. Um, and they're treated, mistreated, or there's some sort of sexual harassment, or they don't have someone at that company that is a safe person to be like, Hey, some stuff has been going on. I don't know how to deal with it because that's another layer that unfortunately I even had to go through. So when I was working as a production welder, um, there were three different departments and one department was large scale projects. Um, and that's where they put me. And I'm like, okay, so I have to gather all the parts. I have to assemble it, tack it together, weld it together. Then I'm expected to pull these big pieces off of my work table, put them on a pallet. And basically I have to go get so many things done off of, uh, out of my particular station. And so I was just like, man, I'm set up for failure because there's no way I can actually physically lift this stuff. Like why, why am I down here? And there's other guys that are bigger than me making, <laughs> making small little handheld pieces that they're just putting on their, their palettes. Right. I'm like, that's, that's, I don't understand the logic behind that. So I got to a point where I was like, okay, so I have like a couple choices. Either I just say, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to quit. Not worth trying to potentially talk to a supervisor, have him doubt my ability, have him discredit me or, you know, then now I have a target on my back as someone who's like, you know, potentially causing problems or whatever. Um, and I didn't want to feel that way. And like, you know, then it's like, do, do other staff find out? Do the other welders find out? And then it's like, you know, what, what happens to me? Um, and so, um, I was like, easy way out would just be to not say anything and just quit. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, oh, but 
I'm like, no, I'm not going to go out that way. I'm not going to let them set me up for failure, run me out of the company. It's like, you know, I have to at least try. Um, and so I finally said something and I, you know, I was kind of a little bit, uh, I had a adrenaline going cause I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to fight with me, argue with me about what I'm, what I'm trying to ask for and stuff. And I, so I was like really nervous. And then I finally said something, I was like, you know, I wanted to talk about the fact that I am in the department that makes the largest scale products. I was like, I can't physically move these things after I assemble them. I'm like, I just feel like I'm being set up for failure. I'm like, I, I, it's not, I don't feel like I can compete with the other guys in my department and keep up with them. I was like, on top of that, you know, when I have these big things and I have to get off my table, I have to go bug the robotic welder and have him come over and help me, which then sets his uh, machine back a little bit. And so mm-hmm. he was just like, yeah, that's fine. I think there's an opening in the other department and I'll see if I can get you in there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that was it. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I know those things will happen. So it's like, we want to try to get uh, some of the women starting to think about that and building up their confidence and being like, you know what, you, you might not want to say anything, but you might have to be that person that does say something because you could potentially change the environment and the culture in that, that space for somebody else to also make it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like trying to figure out those, those boundaries and fine lines of like, where is it appropriate for me to step in and say something to the employer um, or, you know, kind of try to help encourage the women to speak up and, and, you know, go to human resources and and try to go through those steps. Um, And if those steps don't work, then I will step in and try to say something on behalf of what they're going through. Um, I was, I was just going to ask that. Do you serve as like a resource then like after they've been placed, if they're having an issue and like they're either nervous about kind mm-hmm. of speaking up for themselves or they have and it hasn't gone through. Can they come to you to help navigate that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I actually had to do that um, a couple months ago. Um, it wasn't just one woman. It was all three of them were having problems on the work site. But um, the the issues or encounters that they were having were with the same supervisors, but just different, different treatment. Um, and so, you know, it was like, oh, okay, I'm talking to one of them about what what's going on at work. And then all of a sudden, you know, same day or next day, it's like, another woman was like, Hey, so this thing is happening. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I find out third one that there's other stuff going on. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, okay. So I'm like, so I got to figure out how I'm going to approach the situation because you know, I told them like, you know, I really do encourage you to try to go to human resources. And so, so they were doing stuff kind of as best as they could proactively on, uh, at the site. Um, but it wasn't really changing. And so I was like, well, you know, I know the, the owner, um, I think well enough where I I would feel comfortable saying something if I had to, but I was like, obviously I just want to make sure that I'm not going to offend him or, or come off like, you know, uh, you owe me all of this or, or, you know, doing, causing any sort of waves, especially, or change anything for them at the work Mm -hmm. site. So, um, Fortunately enough, you know, he was because I, I told him, I was like, hey, I think we should meet up. Um, I, there were a couple of concerns I had about what was happening at work. And I told him, uh, you know, mentioned some things that were going on. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm telling you these things because all three of them really like working for you. I'm like, but unfortunately, I think you're going to get to the point where your supervisor is going to run those women out. And I can't honestly, I cannot keep referring our women to your company if nothing's going to change mm-hmm. i can't sit here and advocate for this this like relationship to keep going if if you guys aren't willing to meet me halfway or do something about it immediately and correct whatever's happening i'm like because the treatment that happens to one of them more specifically is completely inappropriate and unprofessional and that puts her in the limelight. So then other employees won't want to talk to her because it's like, Oh my gosh, she's the one that's always getting in trouble or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be near that. And I'm like, so it's changing the culture when really they're already going up, a, 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 like, a, like up 
uh, against enough right now, like being the only women there's, there is a women's bathroom, but all the guys use it as their <laughs> certain bathroom and right. like, oh my gosh, like, and so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different situations that I'm sure I'll come up against. Um, but that's, like I said, that's where it's like building those relationships with those companies specifically is really what I'm trying to do and have other allies in the industry who are kind of uh, willing to help brainstorm uh, maybe different approaches on like how to, how to do that. Because I, ca- I can't be there for them all the time. I, I mean, I want to be there like, um, you know, definitely in some situations, but I also don't want to interfere with the company trying to, you know, get what they need to get done. Mm-hmm. So. Today's episode is brought to you by ToolMomStore.com. ToolMom and company is for all ages, genders. They have what you need for your one-stop tool-related merchandise of gifts and clothing. Uh, The products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, One has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, Go Girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. When, when you're working with these women and they go out and get placed and have all of these additional skills, which is really awesome. Like, do you see, do you think there is starting to be like a greater impact at like those companies that are hiring them on as far as like, even if a woman doesn't go through your program, like they're more likely to hire a woman. I, you know, I think so. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's still, there's still a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, even if I end up not working with an employer, I'm hoping that they can at least learn what our organization is doing and kind of take that in and understand like, okay, yes, this industry has always been ran typically by white old men who are making decisions that, you know, they don't want to change their ways, but maybe it's time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, it is time. Like it, it's <laughs> definitely time. Like, like the, the, the training, the actual training itself, that environment has to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the employers also have to make change because, you know, they're expecting to have all of these, like, you know, senior welders looking for jobs. It's like, if they're senior welder, they're probably on their way out of that company soon. And they're probably getting the most that they can, uh, as far as salary goes. So you really have to like, you pay them a lot more to have them come to your company. And so, yeah, it's like all they can really rely on are all these entry-level welders. And so they got to be more open-minded on like who they're accepting and like who they're willing to spend time uh, with and and really invest in. And, you know, hopefully that would be more of our women, uh, especially since like, you know, right now with the climate, you know, in this country, like that they would consider taking on, you know, um, more women, especially if they're, um, you know, Latino or women of color, like just, you know, trying to, to listen to what it is that they're trying to do and figure out how to be proactive about it. I'm curious, like from your birth family, like your mom and your grandmothers, what do they think about this role you've taken on? So um, unfortunately my both my grandmas, I think, have passed over the last couple of years. My mom passed a couple of years ago, um, but <clears throat> uh, my bro- 
my brothers, I mean, I can only speculate what they think um, <laughs> because I think they know I'm, I'm welding, but I, I think even for my own family here, <laughs> I don't think anyone really knows what it is that I do. Um, I think they just see I'm busy running around. Um, but, you know, I think like, at least for the women that are in the organization, I mean, cause we just had a get together last night and um, some of them are just like, you know, I, I really love this industry and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of a network because a lot of the women that come to our program don't have a network, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of stay within their own bubble. And so this is really kind of, uh, bringing them out of their comfort zone. They're meeting different women from different backgrounds, different ages, different countries, um, different levels of education. And so, um, you know, I think like th- they see me and they're like, I don't know what she's working on now, but she's over there. And now she's over there. And now she's over there. <laughs> so, so, so there's lots of, uh, you know, things happening. And, uh, and so I would, I would hope that they, they can see, I think they do see the importance of it. It might not, you know, to uh, other people who don't know anything about welding, it, it probably doesn't seem like anything to them. They're like, okay, she's just running around talking to people in the industry. Um, and what is welding? And, uh, and so, you know, <laughs> I, yes, the welding is the starting point, but there's so many different things that are happening that people just don't think about. Like, yeah, it's like the women going into employment, you know, there's lots of things happening there, um, you know, getting reprimanded for asking too many questions because it seems like you're, uh, you're challenging authority when really it's like, no, I'm just, I'm like asking you a question because I don't want to do this wrong because I care about the Mm -hmm. job. I care about doing it right. So things like that, I'm like, yeah, asking questions can get you in trouble apparently, uh, which is just kind of crazy. And, and feedback's also another thing. Like, why do I have to give you feedback? Like, why do I have to compliment you? It's not, it's like, it's not a compliment. It's, it's, you know, constructive, constructive criticism, Mm -hmm. letting me know if I need to change things and why, why, why do I need to change the setting and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, But at the high school, I think, you know, being uh, a woman, being Latina, it's like, you know, I look like a lot of my students. So I think even that for them, it's like, okay, so she's doing all of these things. I, I, it makes them feel like, okay, there, there is a chance or opportunity mm-hmm. for them to also make an impact in the community. Yeah. So do you have a decent amount of um, uh, girls coming through your program at the, at the high school? Um, not, not as many as I would have hoped. Um, I think starting this year, uh, I had maybe at least one, one female student per class. I think I might've had two and one, but at this point I have one that's sort of showing up. The other ones don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I've been really happy to see, um, more Latino, uh, guys coming through. So, um, my, my classes seem to be pretty split between black and brown students, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think even for them, they don't know how to relate to each other. So it's kind of interesting to see them even learning how to engage with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and like, here I am. And so, you know, it's, um, yeah, I think it's been interesting. Um, you know, I think that uh, they they just want someone who cares, mm-hmm. who is passionate about whatever it is that is being taught. Um, even if they don't really know if they want to even weld for a career, I'm just like, you know, just consider it. It's it's a good option. There's always welding jobs. So whatever job you have right now, maybe eventually you try to start a career in welding mm-hmm. that will have a lot of money. So yeah, I mean, do you have you always been this uh, this force to reckon with, and this uh, person who can help create bridges between communities? Like, is this is that always been you as a kid going through? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, honestly, not no, not really. Um, when I was growing up, I was always really shy and timid. I had re- I have really bad social anxiety. Um, and so, uh, when I was in college, you know, I, 
well, so Traverse City, um, very white, not diverse up there. Um, so there were probably a couple Latino students at when I was going to elementary, junior high, and high school, and we all knew each other. Um, and we all were aware, okay, there's only four of us now. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, it was really hard to kind of uh, find that drive to push for something when there's really not anything I was going to be pushing up there. Um, so when I left Traverse City and I went to college in Grand Rapids, it was way more diverse in Grand Rapids. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I'm like, kind of like, okay, taking it all in, you know, I'm going through art school. Then I went through welding and I'm like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. And I went through a Latino leadership program when I was there before I left uh, Grand Rapids for Indianapolis. And even then I was kind of like, why is there not more stuff happening to try to help encourage the Latino community to do more or, or at least connect with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it just, I, I think maybe in some ways I got a little frustrated and fed up because I didn't feel like there was much happening for the the art industry like there there weren't a lot of like initiatives that are happening also the latino community there weren't a lot of uh initiatives being um, made or happening either um and so when i moved to indianapolis i was like this is kind of cool okay so it's like a fresh new start completely different environment i never ever ever thought about indiana as a place to live um and <clears throat> so i ended up here and um so I was like, okay, well, you know, this is a new start for me. So I can kind of figure out, you know, what it is, what is it that I actually want to do? I still want to be heavily involved in the arts if I can. Um, I want to see if I can connect with the Latino community here. Um, plus Indiana, it's, it's just like, there's a whole different uh, amount of not issues, but there's social, social mm -hmm. issues and, and some social justice that should probably be done here. Um, <laughs> And so, uh, you know, I kind of just started meeting people and uh, connecting with more people that were doing similar things. And um, I, I, I guess I could say that's when I started really coming into my own and figuring out what it is that I'm actually really passionate about. So managing the makerspace, I think, really opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And it, it gave me a platform to actually start, you know, maybe discussing issues that I had felt were maybe important and connecting to, with other people. Plus it helped that my, I had a really, really supportive boss who um, he, he became a friend after becoming my boss. Then he started becoming more of a mentor and he really, uh, it almost felt like he was uh, more of a partner too, as far as like managing the makerspace and kind of figuring out what, um, what issues I really wanted to stand for. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the welding guild, I think really helped push that voice even more because at the time I was already doing like some community engagement and, and looking at other groups that were doing stuff and who wasn't being invited to all of these other meetings and discussions. And I'm like, you know, why, like, so all these groups are like, well, we want to have more diversity or we want to have all these other groups involved, but I'm like, but where are they? Like, why are you not like, you're spending so much time talking to all your friends that you're not like actually taking time to go and try to engage or relate to all these groups who've been left out of all of these conversations. And I'm like, so I noticed that. And I'm like, you know what, I would rather go and meet these other groups that, that aren't getting highlighted for things or they're not being invited to an event or they're not being asked to participate in this discussion. And that's where I want to go. So that's where I really started connecting with other groups and getting more heavily involved in what's going on. And then just even with my role at the high school, um, I've seen the different like layers of politics and, and issues teach like educators and admin are dealing with and, and just even being able to advocate for my students. Um, that's, I think, kind of a little bit where I've been finding a little bit more interest in and trying to figure out, okay, what kind of involvement do I potentially want in the education role here? Mm -hmm. Some of my friends have encouraged me to do um, a possible school board position, but I'm like, that's, I don't know, I would want to be on that end. <laughs> Everyone yelling at you. It's like, I get yelled up at enough right now. I don't want to deal with that even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know 
our local school board here, uh, it's, it's just interesting, the number of parents who are willing to send like death threats if something doesn't go <laughs> their way. Um, but so do you still get a chance to do your art? <laughs> uh, I, I try to find different ways that I can do it, but still doing work. Uh, so like um, in ways, yes, I do. Um, because so um, outside of the affordable training, the women's welding courses, um, we do public workshops. So that really helps us engage um, folks who maybe don't want to commit 10 weeks of time to learning mm -hmm. a skill, but more of like, okay, I just want to have a brief um, introduction to what it is. And those are usually public or uh, project-based. So we've done a lot of fire pits. And so people sign up, it's ticket uh, events. So the, the revenue we get from the tickets come back and help us, um, you know, support those um, financial scholarships for, for women to join mm -hmm. the, the program or even invest in uh, hand tools and other stuff. And so, um, uh, so when they go through that, you know, it's three hours on like a Saturday afterwards. So those are part of our welding then drinking series. So we'll weld something up later, then we'll work with either distillery or local brewer mm -hmm. on um, having a complimentary drink with them. Um, or, you know, depending on, well, obviously with COVID, we, we don't do tours, but usually they'll get a tour at the facility mm -hmm. um, so they can see what it looks like for production. And, um, and then that's, pretty much a good way for, for me to also kind of understand, you know, what do we want to improve on those workshops? Um, why did people want to do it? So, um, but we've been doing that for a, a long time. So those have been always really good and fun. And it's been really interesting to meet different people who have like either had a, a grandpa or a dad who was a welder and they didn't really know anything about it, but they were like, I just, I was excited to try and, mm -hmm. uh, and so they walk away with that experience, understanding like our mission, they understand that they did contribute, whether they think that they did or not. Um, and then, you know, they just tell their other friends and it helps us it, continue to push forward and find funding. And then um, we also do custom fabrication. And so that um, is really more uh, community engagement for us. So I've worked with HOAs. Um, we've worked with a couple different um, middle school classes who have helped design some stuff. Um, currently, we have a project where we're partnering with um, uh, the Arts Council here. Another, uh, it's called Keep Indianapolis Beautiful. Um, we have a neighborhood um, that is focusing on a little pocket park and making that a little bit more uh, friendly or inviting to the neighbors. Um, and then uh, within that neighborhood group, they had um, a, like an after-school uh, program with kids, um, I think ages ranging from like five to 13 or something. And um, so we worked with the kids on having them help us develop a design for what we were putting in the park. So that gave us an opportunity to also show them what an oxyacetylene torch kit looked like. So they could see flames and they're like, ah, like so excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> And so for those projects, we really try to like customize them because everyone kind of wants a different level of involvement. Some maybe want zero involvement with like doing any sort of hands-on stuff. But I'm like, hey, if you guys want to try to do maybe some very basic welding with us, like it's it's not like structural stuff you'll be welding, but just more maybe aesthetic, yeah. then we can have them come in and, and you know, pick up a, 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 a nozzle and everything and, and try to do that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so that also helps us generate revenue to bring back to the organization and help support uh, programming too. So the design work that goes behind the fabrication, I do all of the design work. So that really feeds into my creative need <laughs> <laughs> and finally see it come to life. And I'm like, man, I bet every single time, uh, you know, cause my, <laughs> my partner and program director, uh, Jonathan, I'm sure every single time I bring in a design, he's like, oh boy, how big, how heavy, how complicated <laughs> will it be? <laughs> uh, so I want to ask too, and give you an opportunity to, to share, because we're getting towards the end of our time together mm -hmm. here. Um, if people like listening to the podcast want to be able to uh, give money towards scholarship mm -hmm. or women to go through the program, like how can they do that? 
Um, so we uh, we accept um, donations on um, our website. Um, we also uh, do some stuff through PayPal. Um, but I mean, more than anything, I think we we really want uh, we'd love to have people sharing our our story, our mission. Um, but yeah, donations can happen through the website, and you know, we're we're always happy to connect with different groups doing similar things um, all over the country and would love to show support to other groups as well. So <laughs> and can you give just a reminder of what the website is for people to check that out so they can share? So it's a uh, weldingguild.com. Okay. Awesome. Um and then your Instagram is Welding Guild as well. Uh Latinas Welding Guild. Okay. Yep. So uh Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn are all Latinas Welding Guild. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um are, are you aware of other similar organizations, like, are there similar organizations in other parts of the country? Um, so there, uh, there's a couple other groups. Um, I can't remember one of them, but one other one. Um, well, so th- yeah, there's other women's welding groups, but um, I, I don't think any of them have a specific targeted audience. Okay. Uh, I'd say. Um but uh, hopefully uh, I connect with more. Um, we have, so AWS is actually going to be pushing out an article on our organization, which is huge because AWS is the um, group that sets all the standards within the welding industry. So mm-hmm. anyone who's in the welding industry will receive that uh, newsletter and see, see this face in there. So <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I want to say thanks for talking with me today like yeah yeah and you're you're pretty kick-ass so keep doing doing what you're doing (laughs) yeah thank you well the the timing's actually really good because uh i was able to get uh april 2021 proclaimed as women in welding month so i think this was a, a great way to you know kick off the month and then this week april 4th through the 10th is uh latinas in welding week Mm-hmm. And then April 19th through the 26th is Youth in Welding Week. So awesome. Some, some big things are happening. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right. Again, that was Consuelo of the Latinos Welding Guild. Um, I'm sure you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Um, I'm pretty sure Consuelo is going to change the world. She's just got that level of energy and passion and you can just hear it in her voice and see it if you happen to be watching this on YouTube as well. For this week's episode, um, I will make sure not only to include the links on how you can kind of follow along with the guild itself, but how you can donate if you want to donate to um, the scholarship fund so that more women can go through the program and get into welding in the industry. So I'll make sure all of that's in the show notes uh, and you can find those just in the description on your podcast app, or if you're watching this on YouTube in the description down below, make sure you look for those links. If you enjoyed uh, today's episode, this week's episodes and have enjoyed others, please remember to hit that uh, subscribe, like, comment buttons. Um, Go over to iTunes, leave a five-star review. All of that helps the podcast out. And if you would like to help support the podcast further, please go check out patreon.com forward slash it's Maker Mom Podcast over there. Since that was the the former name, I'm working on getting that changed, but you'll have to look for Maker Mom Podcast. And there's all kinds of different tier levels over there. Any amount is helpful. Uh, So even the $1 uh, tier level a month really helps the podcast out, helps uh, keep me going uh, and supporting editing and all that fun stuff. So uh, would love to see you over there. All right. When I am not making podcasts, you can find me designing, making furniture, another home decor and whatever crazy thing I decide to come up with over at freemanfurnishings.com. And you can find me on all the social media at Freeman Furnishing. So YouTube and uh, LinkedIn and Pinterest, Facebook, 
Instagram and TikTok. I am active daily on Instagram and TikTok. So if you want to see what my current project is, that's where you can find me at Freeman Furnishings and uh, also catch the weekly shop dance video. If you do come over there, say hi. Let me know that you found me through the podcast. I love hearing about that. Um, It's Friday. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. It's spring. We're getting into warmer days. So I hope you get to get outside, get some fresh air, garden, get out and make something. And I will see you all next week.